0: This is the Gary V Audio Experience.
1: Okay, now I'd like to introduce you to our first speaker to kick off the first ever Jobber Professional Development Day. Gary Vaynerchuk, who I think we all know as Gary V, is a capital E entrepreneur. He's the chairman of VaynerX and the CEO of VaynerMedia, an advertising agency servicing some of the Fortune 100's biggest brands. Gary is a highly sought-after public speaker, a five-time New York Times bestselling author and a prolific angel investor with early investments in companies like Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Venmo, and Uber. Today, we've asked Gary to share his point of view on what makes a great leader, how to set up a better definition of success and what he thinks it's going to take to succeed in 2021. Share your questions for Gary in the chat. We'll be running a live Q and A with him right afterwards. Gary, Jobber, welcome to you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Uh, big fan. Thank Forward. you,
0: thank you. And you know, I, I really want to echo the QA part. I'll set it up right now. Uh, I know the timing we have, and I'll, I'll do my 15 to 20 up front. But you know, I was saying to my dad, right? You know, because my kids are on spring break, so my, my parents. And my dad, you know, is a really a construction man at heart. And I was giving him some context to the incredible audience that's watching right now. And he was we were laughing cause he's like, well, I, I do a good job cause I need to, I need all those things. I need HVAC, plumbing, landscaping, uh, building, washing all that stuff. And so, but what was really interesting about our conversation which is where I'm going to start off with for this talk is I, um, you know, I really associate with this audience. I I have a really kind of fun career at this point in my life and I get to be in a lot of fancy, fancy rooms with a lot of high-tech thinkers and politicians and all sorts of stuff. And the reality is, is for many of you that don't know who, who I am, let me give you a little context and you'll understand why I connect so much with this audience. And then more importantly, how this combo I just had with my dad really ties into um where i want to go with leadership and opportunity really for this audience. So i was born in the former soviet union. I came to the US when uh i was 3. Um lived in a very immigrant household. You know, we didn't come from a whole whole lot. It was uh extremely challenging. Uh you know, learning the language, not having money, you know, being an 80s kid first grew up in queens then dover and then Edison, New Jersey. So, you know, blue collar stuff, uh, you know, kind of grew up in that life where I'm at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, I was outside 70% of the time, getting into fights, getting into trouble, um, playing sports, learning my way, learning how to interact with people. And uh, I was always a very heavy entrepreneur. You know, it was just in my blood. And what was in my blood was not only entrepreneurship, but much to the similarities of a lot of people on this, Call a lot of hand to hand combat, shoveling snow, washing cars. By the time I was 14, my dad had lived his American dream and had gone from having no money and no language to owning his own liquor store um, and worked his face off and had this store that I started working in. And, you know, I would pack ice for five hours a day, I would stock shelves carry boxes i still have a pretty bad back soft tissue work fascia for anybody who's back hurts looking to soft tissue work it's transformed my life the last 5 years anyway got a bad back from that really worked that hard labor life and you know the reality is is that um, i i was able to get into my dad's business fall in love with wine collecting which was an unusual thing for a youngster to get into but from 10 to 18, I was so deep in the baseball card business that I really fell in love with the idea of collecting and flipping and selling, and wine really became my next you know, passion once I realized that people did the same thing with wine. And so um, really got focused on that, got very passionate about that, and um, and kind of built and built and built, and through launching a website, through launching an email newsletter, through starting a YouTube show, through being social media first, email newsletter first, but also doing print and outdoor and radio and direct mail. I was able to build my dad's local liquor store business from a four to a $65 million business. And that was a great accomplishment. I was very proud of that um, and game changing and obviously changed my family's life. and. I learned a lot there that I want to apply to this keynote and really want to invoke the questions around it. So <clears throat> one thing that I'm very proud of is at 22 years old when I went full time into my dad's business, you know, I became a leader immediately. My my dad was actually building this house I'm sitting in now. Uh, back to my dad enjoying a lot of things that all of you do. Uh, You know, so he was kind of MIA that first year and that first year I really took the business from like a 3.8 to a $10 million business and it was massive explosion. And so that was a culture shock. And what that really meant was, you know, my dad was here building the house and he'd come to the store, which is 40 minutes away at like six or seven o'clock just to check in. At that point, me being 22, I'd already established a ton of confidence in my dad that I knew what I was doing because I was in the store since I was 14. So I was a veteran. So he didn't have to really check on me and I was running the business and I was managing 30 year olds, 40 year olds. I I had to have that responsibility. And every day from that point to today, 23 years later for half my life now, I've been the leader of men and women um, running a business. Today I run a company called VaynerX, which is a holding company that houses the company I run Day to day as CEO Vayner Media and many other companies where I have leaders in place, a publishing company called the Gallery Media Group, Vayner Speakers, a speaking bureau which I'm rep by for this talk, um, you know Vayner Commerce, an e-commerce business, a lot of businesses, and we have over 1,500 people globally, Singapore, London, uh, Mexico City in a couple months, and that's and that's what I spend my time on, and and I lead and I lead, and so here are the things that I've learned about leadership that isn't talked about enough. You know, my dad comes from the old country, rules with an iron fist, you know, work ethic, determination, tenacity, ambition, all incredibly great traits um, for leadership. On the flip side, what my father didn't have that I developed both between my natural DNA, but definitely because of the mothering that I was given are things like Empathy and compassion, and you know um, gratitude. Uh, I think that humility is a huge part of leadership. Um, I think accountability. Let's start with the let's start with the, the one that I'm most passionate about. Accountability. If there's anything that I leave this talk with, that may be uh, and when I do a talk like this, I'm like, okay, you know, if I can get one person to act on one thing, whether that's, hey, for example, I'm gonna say this right now as a little side note in case I miss it. Hey, almost everybody here should be posting one time a day on LinkedIn with a video picture or written word with a tip or a piece of content that's valuable to the people in LinkedIn even if you have no LinkedIn followers, even if you have no LinkedIn presence, everybody in this conference should be doing LinkedIn content marketing today because LinkedIn lets you find people by accident. And that's incredibly unbelievable. You have no followers, you post and boom, there you've got people seeing your content similar to Facebook and Twitter back in 2008, nine, 10, 11. You know, if I can get one person to leave with that today, dig in deeper or ask a question right now around what, what does that mean? That's a huge accomplishment for me in this talk. And so, the same thing goes with accountability. I believe that most people hate accountability. They'd rather blame somebody else. It's just the way it is. And I think it's a huge mistake. I think, no question, the thing that has helped me the most in my career is realizing that every mistake that anyone has ever made is Very interesting because it's completely my fault because I'm the person that hired them, right? If Sally or Ricky or Tommy or Karen or Michael or Jerome make a mistake that's my fault, I hired them and I didn't have to and I made the wrong call, maybe in the macro or they're having a bad day and that's okay but it's about the framework of first deciding that you're wrong and then focusing on what they do. And I think that has really helped me. When somebody screws up, that's when leadership really kicks in. You know, I say to my a lot of my leaders, I'm like, look, I don't need any peacetime generals. I don't, you know, everyone's good when everything's easy, when the money's flowing, when the customers are happy, when everything's good. And everyone's a good leader. Show me what you do when there's adversity. Show me what you do when the pressure comes on that's when it gets most interesting to me. And that's to me, pure leadership. And I would say that most people are peacetime generals and I'm looking for wartime generals. And that's what I think about accountability. And then I think about empathy. I would argue that empathy, a word that I've never heard growing up, period, let alone in business, to me, not only did Karen or Jerome or Sally or Ricky or Jonathan make a mistake, and not only am I like, okay, that's my fault. I put them in that position. But then when I go to, well, why do they do that? Is something going on in their home life? Is everything okay with them? This compassion, empathy. So if you kind of go accountability, empathy, and then you focus on them, you've now set up a conversation that has fruitfulness to be able to actually get to resolution and more importantly, build on and become scalable. You know, I think about these ingredients a lot of like success. I do think that um, curiosity is a huge one for me that I would love to talk to this audience about. I'm very curious how curious all of you are. Have you spent time trying to figure out if LinkedIn can help or does a podcast help? Or are you curious of like, yes, my direct mail or my print or my radio or my sales team has worked for my business, but this digital thing you know have i have you really gone there have you have you just written it off because you don't want to put the work in of 30 to 40 hours to become educated on these platforms or have you you know really spent those hours to be curious and say could youtube help my business you know i wrote a book called crush it in 2009 and then more recently 3 years ago crushing it an update to that book and it's shocking to me how much that book impacted this audience i mean i get plumbers and landscapers and you know you know building washers emailing me multiple times a year saying that they picked up the book and never thought about social media being the driver to their business. And I think leadership as set up, and I appreciate the way this talk is being set up, is by doing and having people follow your actions. It's hard to inspire your organization to be more progressive in its marketing if you yourself uh, have not really gone there, aren't really about it, uh, dismiss it, or kind of do it because you spent a couple dollars on it because you think you gotta do it, but you really don't deep down believe in it. Uh, I think that's something you really need to pay attention to and, and a huge mistake for a lot of family businesses and businesses uh, in this ecosystem that I've seen over and over, a complete lack of curiosity, um, complacency. This is how we've always done it. This is what worked for me. I've only got another eight years of this anyway. So who gives a crap? I'm not going to need to learn this Facebook, Instagram thing. Huge mistake. You know, the entrepreneurship business. I think all of you know this. You know, I commend all of you to be on this. If you're on this, if you're seeing this, you've done it. You're in the very small group of people that have been able to stand on their own two feet, live their life on their own two feet. I commend that. I also remind you that it's a jungle out here. And just because you've had a good 13 year run doesn't mean that there's not a young lion who's about to use podcasting and clubhouse and LinkedIn and Instagram to take your business. You know, history, the past doesn't care about the current and vice versa. Just because you had a good run as being the guy in this neighborhood for this skill set doesn't mean that there's not somebody trying to take it and build a reputation and take market share. And so, you know, I'm very passionate around curiosity. I think it's huge. Now I'm gonna segue before we go into Q&A. And I know I'm about 12 minutes in, which leaves me about five to eight minutes left to talk. And then I wanna go into Q&A. So please start gathering your questions around management, managing managers, social media marketing, things of that nature. But let me keep giving you some stuff. Let me give you, let me be a little naked here and talk about something I've struggled with on stage. And as Gary V, if you follow my content, this will blow your mind. I'm great at candor, right? I can be very candorous here in the Q and A. I'm about to be very candorous, I'm candorous on this. I'm very candorous as a character on Instagram. You know, my content, I mean, just look, let me just see what I've posted recently. Like this, this school, you know, this school video, <laughs> I'm very, very candorous. I'm very, 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 very candorous. You know, in the, as you can tell, and potty mouth and jerseyed out. But as a manager of people, I so struggled with delivering bad news that I danced. I danced, I was a little full of shit, to be frank. I couldn't deliver the, hey, Rick, you suck at your job, let's fix this or this or that. I would dance, I would try to pep up, I would, I would be pep rally, But I wouldn't be candorous. And then what would happen is I'd eventually be fed up and I would fire Rick and he'd be stunned because a week ago I'm like, go Rick, go. R-I-C-K-Rick-Rick Rick. Rick, Rick." And then I'm like, and then on, you know, and then on Friday, on Tuesday, I'm cheerleading squad. And on Friday, I'm like, Rick, we gotta let you go. And Rick would be like, what? And I would always be anxious. And I realize now why, because I didn't set it up. I wasn't candorous enough. So one of my key tenets, ingredients to leadership is kind candor. I think people use candor as an excuse to be mean and to rear their insecurities and talk down to people. And so I don't love that. And which is why I call it kind candor, not candor. You have to be able to deliver feedback to people and you need to be kind about it. For example, one of the things I would say is say, "Look, Sally, in my opinion and, you know, unfor- and I use this, unfortunately, this company is mine." And it's my responsibility, unfortunately, to make a subjective call. From what I've seen and what I feel, unfortunately, I don't feel like you're very strong at this and we need to talk about it. So you're you're hedging the candor with kindness. You know, Rick, you, you're just a pleasure in this office. You're you're bringing so much value to the office culture. You know, I'm getting some complaints from the clients that you're missing some T's and dotting, missing some dotting of I's. We need to talk about this because if that keeps happening, it's gonna be a vulnerability. Should maybe you should maybe not be a count person. Maybe you want to be in HR, da, 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 or maybe you want to do something like kind candor. Kind candor really matters. Um, I used to use stunning people, then big severances, then you know feeling bad and like overextending myself after I would fire them. All bad behavior, all because I wasn't able to be candorous. It was a huge, huge leadership flaw of mine, and it's the one that I'm most building up right now that I'm proud of. And so kind candor, I think, is another thing that a lot of people here have to talk about. Um, I also think humility, just for a few minutes before we go into Q&A, you know, I've been very fortunate in my career. I really have, I've had a lot of accolades. You start Googling me now if you don't know, there's a lot of winning stuff out there. But having the ambition to be all time, but and equally in your body knowing you don't mean shit, is a huge thing and and a huge, huge factor to leadership. I definitely believe that more people in my company buy into me because of my humility, which is again, I would argue my humility and my inability to have candor are the two things my content is least capable of communicating, but are two foundational things that have impacted my leadership. One negatively, lack of candor now in the last 18 months, it's exploded my kind candor and it's really helped my company. And B, humility. Like, you know, I only think I'm as good as my last at bat. So just because I invested in Facebook and Twitter and Uber and Pinterest and Snapchat and Coinbase and Venmo and have this great investing career, my next investment tomorrow might suck and could really hurt me. You know, just because I, you know, um, just because I have built this, $200 million plus company VaynerX you know, in revenue from zero doesn't mean tomorrow that it can't go down to 87 if I get high on my own supply and think I'm a tough guy and think I'm so great and think I'm Carrie V. Humility is incredibly important and people smell it on you. And I think a lot of you could have a lot more success if you didn't need to take credit for everything that your team's doing humility really matters. And I think it really rears its head. And I highly recommend you get into an honest place, self-awareness, which is where I'm gonna end. And then we're gonna go into Q and A. So please start firing those questions away because, oh, you ready? You, you I, I love that you jumped in. Um, you know, let me just end with this self-awareness. Do you have a good amount of questions at this point? I just wanna, cool. Yeah, so go ahead,
1: finish. finish I, yeah, finish I'm gonna finish this, up.
0: but I wanna, I'm glad you jumped in. Cause I wanna make sure that people come with the questions. Cause I think as you can imagine, everybody who's watching right now, this is very macro, what I'm talking about. And the reason I love QA is I'm thrilled that you're like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But I love making it like, no, no, yesterday Jose yelled at me, what do I do? Or like, or I got this opportunity to merge with another. Like, so I'm excited about the questions. You can go anywhere with me on any business question, but sticking on leadership, self-awareness. Yeah, you know, it took me being self-aware, challenging myself, willing to be honest with myself that, hey, Gary, you think you're so great and you're so nice and you're so successful. This candor thing's a problem and it took it took pain. It took people not liking me, which was makes no sense because my intent is through the roof. I'm like so lucky and so well-parented that I love people. I don't need nothing from nobody. I'm on my own two feet. I ask, I, I don't need anything. And not emotionally, not financially. And yet I still had these individuals who were miffed and would talk shit about me. And I was like, God damn it, it's that candor. Um. So self-awareness, you've gotta really, really deploy that. Let me, let me leave you with this sentence and we'll go right into Q and A. Every strength and every weakness you have as a leader, you're tricking no one, they know. Your employees know, your customers know, your employees know, and if they don't know, they themselves don't have good emotional intelligence. And I always said to my friends, you'd rather win with winners than win with losers right and so like if you're tricking people that don't know your employees are also insecure and this is like an unhealthy relationship cool but you're just building an ecosystem that's going to be small and and more importantly if somebody is emotionally intelligent both on your customer side or your employee side they're going to see right through you so see right through yourself first i always say i'd rather put myself out of business than have somebody else do it You know, I got ahead of it and had a very heart-to-heart conversation with my company and said, look, I'm lacking candor and that's why we're B minus. We should be A plus culture because of what my intent is. I can make money elsewhere. I don't make decisions on every dollar. I'm a good guy. I want legacy, not currency. I got all this going for me, but we're B minus. That was because of this lack of candor. I'm standing up this thing called kind candor. So everybody who's in here who's a little bit of like a little bit of a jerk, this doesn't mean you're gonna be able to get to be a jerk. This is gonna mean that we're going to be more candorous with each other. And it's really changed my company. And I'm using something in my life to give you the courage to be self-aware of, you know, for example, maybe you're 62 and your work ethic isn't where it was from 18 to 60 and, or, or 55. And guess what? You deserve it. You worked 37, 27 years off your face. Like, but you're not tricking your people that you're nine to three-ing it and when you come in and you feel guilty about that and you're like, you gotta work, like you gotta be careful. You gotta say, you gotta be honest about it. You gotta say, look, I, I bled out of my eyeballs for 33 years for the luxury to be able to nine to three it. I'll, you, you know, you need to, and that that kind of stuff. So anyway, I really appreciate everybody. I hope everyone's doing well. And I'm excited for the Q and A.
1: That was amazing, Gary. Thanks, uh, thanks so much. I mean- I, I, what,
0: Before we go into Q and A, what stood out for you, right? You, you said before I went on, I'm a fan. You know, yeah. I touched on some stuff that I don't normally talk about because I wanted to really deliver something unique for you. Did anything for yeah. you personally what what hit?
1: You know, I think I I think a lot about these sort of, you know, topics of leadership and and sort of, you know, how, you know, the behavior of a of a leader really impacts and affects the culture of an organization. And I think you you really kind of pulled out you know this these ideas around you know how your dad did it and he's he's obviously been really successful and and sort of hard work grit tenacity really important characteristics but i think the 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 modern approach needs to balance that with empathy compassion gratitude humility accountability i think success uh today both in terms of organizations and people um, and financially which kind of comes downstream of, of organizational and people success really requires that kind of a balance and and hearing you talk about that stood out because i think it's something that that we spend a lot of time thinking about and and um trying to understand where's that balance how do we build a culture that that
0: really and a culture i'm I'm sorry to interrupt and a culture that if some you know i always say look i don't want to make you be anything but you so if you're 19 let, let me use my company if you're 24 and you came from a low income family, but you were a good student, which got you a full ride to a good university. And you've had a chip on your shoulder your whole life that you wanna make that money, right? And you come to Vayner and you wanna work 10 hours a day instead of eight, like everybody else, because you wanna use that as an advantage to get, how could I be a hypocrite when that's what I did? So I'm gonna support that. On the flip side, if you're a working mom at Vayner, and you're 41 and you now you have you got two young kids and you want to have a little more work life balance i don't want to penalize you for 9 to 5 i'm going to i'm going to judge you on the impact not on you know and i want you to feel just as safe i want the 24 year old that wants to bleed for a decade to build and the 45 year old guy or gal who wants work life ba- like i want them to both feel safe in my ecosystem and I think the number one thing that a leader needs to do is create safety. I really believe that. Make people feel safe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. I think we have way more questions than we're gonna get through. Yeah, okay, we're but
0: gonna fast. go fast. That's good. You go. have
1: a, a great way of generating. I think the first one is, um, and, and I think this is great because I, I wasn't really aware of this, this history and hand to hand combat. I love that sort of characterization um you know kind of really getting that that sort of ground up experience and you know now leading an organization of 1500 people 200 million dollars um i I think that um oh the first question swapped so uh Mm -hmm. never mind it's not relevant to that but that history i think is a really interesting arc that gives you perspective sort of across the range which is super interesting so first question uh from joshua asks um, and, a, and a lot of people like this question as well. How do you discern having empathy for your staff uh, without being taken advantage of from them? Um, because by, of-
0: by, re, by realizing you're the boss. You can't be, by nature, if you're their boss and you have say and you can fire, you can't be taken advantage of. Like, it's a, right? It's a very powerful thought. I get this question a lot, so I'm glad a lot of people wanted to hear it. You just might have the same issue I had for most of my career. Your inability to be candorous, your your hate of conflict, your hate of that moment makes you think you're getting taken advantage of because you're not firing. I mean, there's people I set, brother, there's people that I didn't fire for three years. Seven years in my mind. So I know where people are coming from and a lot of people in this call are family businesses. this I mean, some of these people that are taking advantage of them are their nephews and they're like there's, I know what, again, I, to your point, one of the great advantages of my career is I'm almost like a line chef. Like I'm almost like a dishwasher boy, boy that went up to own one of the biggest restaurant chains. Like I've lived everything. And so it gives me perspective and I've lived in family businesses and in corporate. Like I've got a good breath at this point, small business, corporate, Silicon Valley, like I'm happy where I'm at from a gray hairs perspective. I've been in a lot of rooms. So it's a great question, but let let there be no confusion. You can't be taken advantage of, you're in control. By the way, in life you can't. Most people say, Gary, my kindness gets me walked all over. I'm like, you're letting that happen. Mm -hmm. You know what's crazy? I know a lot of people do it to manipulate the outcome. They like to cry that they're being taken advantage of, but they're equally in a manipulative relationship and and they, for example, they'll use it as an excuse to not give people a raise. Yeah. Like, there's a lot there. If we're gonna get real with each other, yeah. like we are right now, you know. So, rest assured, if you're the boss, you can't be taken advantage of because yeah. you can fire the second you're fed up with it.
1: Yeah, I think it it comes back to accountability and the point you make there. I mean, yes. I if, you, if that happens, like the that's first you. First thing you should ask us whose fault is it. It's probably the. Hu- your-
0: no, no, it's a hu- everything in life is your fault, and when you understand that, life gets awesome. That doesn't mean that that the government doesn't do crap. That doesn't mean that there's not sexism and racism. That doesn't mean that your dad wasn't an alcoholic. It's like, of course things happen, but when you fall in love with accountability, it makes you feel like you're in control, which is a hell of a lot more fun than dwelling about the world fucking you.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. Okay, Daryl asks, how do you attract great people to unsexy industries? Um, we're looking for you know young, hungry salespeople, uh, but really having challenges competing against local tech uh, sales market that you know Makes offer sense. these you know really kind of hot industries, exciting yes. environments. Uh, how do you how do you balance that? How do you figure that out?
0: I, you have to storytell, You have to put out content. Have to put out content, um, and you have to put it out on LinkedIn. You have to put it out on Instagram, and you gotta give them what you got and say, look. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, a boss that's charismatic in the video, who's like, look, I know there's some hot stop you know, companies here in Milwaukee, big shout out to Tech Tech Tech. You know, but look, we are an awesome environment. We have a great family environment here. You can make a ton of money. You can learn your skill sets. You know, This is a great place to craft your skill we have a 50 year track record. We can You can train up, learn your skill. And then if you wanna do other things, cool. Like You gotta make it about them, not about you. And too many people are like, oh, this is bull. Like everybody's angry old men. That's bullshit, the tech. They try to like shit on it. They're like, that tech's not gonna be around in a couple of years. You got that. It doesn't work. It's all defense. You have to go pure offense. We have this, we have this, we have this. And then you make up stuff. Look, maybe you create a super bonus. I gave a friend a tip that crushed for him. I was like, make up something called the super bonus this year and make content around it. He got a ton of salespeople because of it. He just invented a, a, a ad hoc bonus at the end of the year that if there's a certain number and it worked. What was even crazier is, and then it was hit. He made it up as outer space and they hit it, which you know really taught him about carrots and ambition. And so I, I, my overall answer is content and offense. Yeah. You know, get speak get on your strengths, defense. you know, family business, family environment. You can really learn here tried and true 30 years, 20 years, I'll care, you know, not, you know, you know, like that kind of stuff.
1: That's great. Yeah, get off the defense, get on the offense. I think that's, uh, I think
0: that's- Yeah, let, listen, back to everybody who's watching right now. Yes, you're not building the next Instagram, but you have a sustained business that's real. And again, lean into human stuff. Like if you make a video on LinkedIn, you're like, look, what's great about our company is we have three sales leaders who've been with me for 15 years. A lot of you youngsters could use mentors, come in here and learn a lot, be taken care of, don't be just a number. You know, we may not have a foosball table and kumbacha, but like you're gonna learn shit. Like, and there's a ton of kids, you know, it's funny, you know, obviously I spend a lot of time in this. There's a lot of kids that are anti-millennial Gen Z kid DNA. Like there's a, like even within their own ranks of like 18 to 25, 21 to 27, they're really funny with each other. There's a lot of kids that do think the other kids are way too fluffy. And I think they'll resonate to some of that old world stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. that's great. Okay, the next question comes from Aaron. This is the one that I that I thought was great Please. given, given the, the, the range that you have. Um, so, so Aaron asked, Carrie, I'm just getting involved in my husband's landscape business. Uh, while he's a very good entrepreneur, I have more of a corporate background. What suggestions do you have for me as I shift my thinking and mindset from a business manager? Oh,
0: such a great question. Yeah. Um, so I see this a lot, a lot. And um, it's funny, I'm working on a book right now uh, that is coming out in November that's really around all these themes and I do a lot of make pretend scenarios and I have a scenario very similar to this, so it's fun. First, you have to deploy empathy. So many husbands to wives and wives to husband, and they're you know, luckily we're in 2021 where I see a ton of emails and questions that come from both sides of this. The corporate person, the husband or wife, has to have a ton of humility and empathy because a lot of times, when you were a successful corporate type that was good at school, you you were groomed to look down at the scrappy entrepreneur. Now it's changing, but we all, most of us over 30 grew up in an environment. So what the big mistake I see a lot of times is that people come with corporate ideas for small businesses and they're completely tone deaf. You know, making decks, making charts, having these, stra- like all the bullshit that I do with In corporate William, it doesn't work for a small business. So, the number one recommendation I always give is humility and empathy and patience. You have to come in and for three months, not say a word and just listen. Let your, you know, for this exact question, let your husband show you the ropes on everything. Then take a step back through your filter and have ideas once you tasted it. It's like being a sushi chef and coming to, you know, a French cuisine place. Yes, you're like, you've done business, but this is a totally different cuisine. And you've got to really, really, really take a step back. And maybe that's even not a good analogy. It's like going from being a sushi chef to working at a single serve fast food restaurant. Sure, it's food, but it's really different. And so I, I think that humility, patience and empathy are the two things I deploy if I'm that corporate person listen for 3 to 6 months then your words will carry a ton more weight so many uh, partners get into friction because the one co- the one partner that comes from a corporate landscape comes with hypotheses that are not practical to a day-to-day entrepreneurial business and then there's frustration
1: yeah that's Humility and empathy. I mean, it's almost like those, those principles can kind of answer most of the questions that, uh, well, it, that you might come up with. A, it's you know, it,
0: it's funny, with it. I, it's what I spent my last five years thinking about, it's so why I wrote this book. I have a book coming out called 12 and a half. It's the ingredients for success. And what I, why I wrote it in that format, it is like a meal, ironically, based on my last analogy. It's not just one, it's not just humility. Because without empathy and compassion for the other person, and without patience to eat shit for six months, she can't be successful. You need multiple things. It's not just ambition, you need tenacity, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to make it. Well, cool. What happens on Thursday? Like, on a day like this, it's gloomy as shit, right? Like, I don't know, you're not motivated, you know, like, but how do you grind through that?
1: Great, we have, we have time for one more question, I think. And there are, we, I think we got to about 1% of them. <laughs> so- well, listen, real um, quick on
0: that front. Everybody, I'm on LinkedIn, or if you're on Twitter, Gary VEE, or if you're on Instagram, Gary VEE, feel free to direct message. I'll try to get this some, but go ahead, my friend. Awesome,
1: thank you. So Christine wants to know, um, she is, you know, Badly wants to get more confident in short videos uh, for, okay. for their business, for social media. They own an exterior cleaning company. They've got great relationships with their employees and their customers, um, but she's re- just really insecure documenting all the great things that happen. How does she get over that? Where does she start um, getting more comfortable with that, that daily post, that daily tip?
0: <sighs> Living your life and making decisions based on other people's judgments is the quickest way to be unhappy. You know like the real reality of this one is very simple. Do you believe at 88 years old, 92 years old, 94 years old, when you're kind of wrapping it up, do you honestly think that somebody leaving a comment on your LinkedIn or Facebook video that said you're ugly or that was stupid or you're wrong, do you really think that's gonna carry weight? Think of it as this way. Everybody on this call got made fun of in second or third or fourth grade, sixth grade about something. Is that something you're really like carrying today as like this devastating moment? The answer is no. And so I just try to encourage people based on real life that, you know, your aunt or your mom or your uncle or your best friend or a former employee or your neighbor or your high school friend's joke or insensitive comment on your video or the lack of any comments. This is back to humility, brother. I did a I did 50 to 100 episodes of Wine Library TV before anybody gave a shit. I had humility and I had tenacity. I knew it was right. You asking this question to me, you know it's right. You know these videos will help your business. Who cares? Like 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 again, people worry about their looks, people worry about them stumbling on words, like it just doesn't matter and I have to, you know, this is why I put out content every day. Like it's like I'm trying to beat this into people's head like Really? Like other people's judgment? When people leave negative comments on your content, that's a reflection on their unhappiness. Think about that. This is a person who has time. Like I don't have time to do anything. People have time to go to somebody else's page and try to make them feel bad. That's deep pain. When you're trying to tear down other people, you are in deep pain. The end, the end.
1: That's the empathetic answer. Again, the, those principles. I mean, have empathy for the, that person. Like, why are, they, why are they spending their time that
0: way? It's always about the other person. You focus on your stuff, do what you want. All the good and bad, or, you know, I, I'll leave with this. You want a really good way to deal with booing? Stop getting high on the cheering. What has absolutely kept me in a great place is I get a lot of cheering. You know, I'm very grateful. I get stupid levels of accolades on a daily basis. Uh, You know, I'm proud to say I think they're warranted based on how I navigate, but I don't believe them and I definitely don't hear them. And what I mean by that is, I don't think I'm special. I think I'm trying to give, which people react to. And then I think when you don't hear the cheering, it's a lot easier to not hear the booing. So stay in that middle place as you navigate your leadership, your, your, teamwork, and definitely your content. And content is the breakthrough for everybody here. i have no idea what the rest of the agendas are and talks, but please, my friends, make videos, show people your work. You're not giving away secrets. Your competitors are not gonna steal it. Get yourself out there on Facebook and LinkedIn. It will change your business. It's great. Final and by case. the way, one last thing, if you're funny, <laughs> if you're funny and or, and or, if you have eight to 20-year-old kids and you're willing to, you know, I I do, but I don't we don't share our personal life. But if you want to and you do, TikTok, if you could be the fun funny landscaper, if you could be the funny plumber, I mean, if you can dance, I'm not I'm being very, you know, I'm being really serious here. You would be shocked how the world actually works. You know? Yeah. People love it awareness. Connect. They're like, "Oh, who is that?" They go on your profile. They're like, "Wait, I'm in Buffalo. Like, DM this guy. Hey, I love your videos. By the way, I have a major, you know, issue with my well. You know, like, you know, like it's how it works. Yeah. It's awesome okay Cheers.
1: that's all the time we got for for, for q a today Th- like thank you thank gary you. thanks so much for helping us kick off uh the jobber pdda i think you know i i think i can speak for for the home service community thousands of people that are watching today when i say that um you know we really appreciate these you know words of inspiration you kind of talking to this piece of the small business community. I think the the entrepreneurs you spoke to today, they're they're often overlooked when people talk about small business as a I category. Agree. Everyone's talking about restaurants and stuff like that. And, and uh you're helping to change that. So thank you.
0: Thank you. And real quick because I see it, because I see people using the hashtag jobber PDay. Uh Denise, thank you so much for saying that. And Jacob said, how do you incentivize employees within a small business with limited resources? I know I don't want to go too late, but I just want to give one last nugget. It's through the emotional relationship. When I had nothing to give, when I only had 10 employees, I gave my friendship, I gave my heart, I gave who I was as a human by being a friend. It's not just about money and or empty promises. One day you're gonna own a piece of this business. It's like, you know, there's just other things that you can do. Start a softball team, right? Like, you know, there's like things, yep. like there's clever things. Yep. Awesome, cheers everyone. And Kerry please hit me up on Twitter,
1: much. bye-bye. Yeah, really appreciate it.